yeah. So yeah, I had this dream and we recorded the podcast, but we forgot uh-huh. to, uh, we forgot to sync. And I was like, Oh man, how am I going to sync it and post? This is going to be such a pain in the ass. and It's going to be fucked up. And then we forgot to record the, the game of the year segment at the end. So I was like, I felt like dereliction of duty, you know, I really fucked up. Mm. Uh, thankfully it was just a dream. Hey, Orin, how's it going? Hey, what's up, dude? Not much, man. Hey, Kevin, looking good, man. Thank you. The beard, the beard is is, is, some snazzy is strong. It's going today. You what? It's going. It's going today. It's leaving. leaving. It's leaving today. You're gonna pack it up yeah. and send it off in the mail. Yep. <laughs> Someone's gonna get it. And you're like, what the hell? You're is like, using my locks of love. <laughs> An eighth of an inch of beard stubble. Yeah, it's going in a jar. It's going. It's going. I'm, I'm done with this. Uh, I'll pay for it. I'll pay two hundred dollars for each strand of hair. That's how much I value your hair. You got a deal. Pull a real carpet. You got a deal, man. You got a deal. I like this Hitman trailer. It's uh, it basically is like labor, like laboring through every element of a Hitman game for people who don't understand it. I wonder if that works, mm-hmm. like like really like meticulously describing how to play Hitman. Honestly, I think the best way to do a Hitman trailer is just show a dude goofing off for like three minutes. Like throwing briefcases around, shooting people, yeah. just messing with the NPCs. I feel like that would really sell it for people. To show the wacky shit you can do, because then it'll be it'll like paint the broader picture of what you can do. Mm-hmm. You guys excited about Hitman Three? I agree. Oh yeah, Game of the Year is coming early this year. Insane. Yeah, yeah. maybe. <laughs> um, is it coming? Is it this it year? Comes out in like three no. weeks. Game of the Year next year. You're saying. Yeah, no. Okay, I see, I see. Yeah, like, Game of the Year, game of the year time for, for 2021 is going to be Hitman 3. It's coming out January 20th. So I'm excited. Hmm. Yeah, I might pre-order, which uh, is normally something I heavily advise against. Or at least I think caveat emptor, right? When you pre-order, like you, you could be in for a load of shit. Depending on the Depending game. Depending on the game, yeah. Uh, so... Oren posted this tweet, which I think perfectly sum- summarizes the last two weeks of uh, conversation around cyberpunk. Um, this is from Chris Davis. <laughs> so, discourse for AAA games. Review embargo drops. This game is great. Release day. This game is great. Day three. This game is not that great. Day five. This game is mediocre. Day seven. This game is bad. Day 10, this game is absolute trash. And on day 14, the topper, the cherry on top, uh, the game is Hitler. <laughs> Which, right. I was expecting, I was expecting the last day to be like, this game has killed my family and me. Like, I'm expecting like, yeah. you know. I think I commented on that tweet saying day 262, this game is fine. <laughs> right. No, that's, that's where it's yeah. going to land. Like the, That's definitely going to be it. The way that people were talking about that game, and it literally, like, that tweet just summarizes exactly how it went. It was like, yeah, yeah, it's pretty fun. I'm having a good time to, like, oh, man, this, this is bad. Oh, to, like, oh, my God, cyberpunk has literally stolen eight years of my life from me. I want it back. Like, I've seen, like, posts on Reddit that people are just, like, CD Projekt Red ruined the last eight years of my life. Or, like, <laughs> like ridiculous. Like, people are so, 
I don't know. Like, like so it, it got a little crazy, but then it kind of rained back in. Now everybody's just kind of like posting pictures of Panam's ass on the subreddit. Um, <laughs> I saw that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. What do you guys think about that? It's the, it's the discourse It's the modern discourse. Uh, I, I don't know if there's a before and after moment that to point to, but I think the last Jedi was the first huge pop culture discourse that was super amplified by, uh, social media. And ever since Mm. then, there's just been no turning back. There was also the Joker discourse. I remember that being ridiculous. There was the Mm. last of us part two discourse, cyberpunk. And now there's a wonder woman, 1984 discourse. The discourse just never ends. (laughs) It's just, it's, I feel like you're right. I do remember Mass Effect 3 having a similar amount of outrage, although similar is not even true. I don't yeah. think I've ever seen a game have this level of outrage that kind of like went from like, like it exploded like a pimple and then went away. Um, like it was just, it was you know insane. What it reminds me of is, it reminds me of uh, No Man's Sky. Oh yeah. That game was hugely hyped. Everyone was really excited for it. And then it came out and it was like, you know, <laughs> like this game has ruined funny my life. Looking little game. <laughs> that game, like, if you looked at the trailers and the way that that game looked, it was uh, pretty yeah. different. Um, but now it's loved, right? It's got good Steam reviews. Oh, it has great Steam reviews. It just won the, uh, I, I want to say that it won the <clears throat> Best Service Game Award at the Game yeah, Awards? Or, or am I thinking Polygon? No, uh, yeah, Best Ongoing Game. Uh which is which is awesome. It kind of shows that in three or four years, a game can completely turn around. So, I'm sure Cyberpunk it, people are going to be loving that game about two years from now. That yeah, the, the whole discourse is going to change around that's, that game. I'm sure. That's what I imagine too. I think they'll they'll fix it up because I, I mean when I've I've already played I think 26 hours now. I think Aaron's played like you know 200 hours, but I've played a good bit. Yeah, and uh, I definitely can see where they're going with it, and like it's. I, I like it a lot, other than the fact that it's I've got a lot of whole weird things. Right. So, le- yeah, let's talk about it. Um, I've played about 60 hours, I think, at this point. And, um, like, like, first things first, disclaimer. Whoever is responsible for releasing that game in December probably should lose their job. Like, there are people at CD Projekt Red that, that, that at least deserve to be placed in a different position. I don't know what happened there, and I don't want to, like point fingers or like come up with conspiracy theories about their intentions because I don't know they're a publicly traded company obviously they want our money but like CD Projekt Red has a better history than most of consumer friendly practices I don't know what what to make of that I don't you know I haven't I don't have a long history of engaging with them like I didn't play their previous games that much so I don't know but the game is definitely unfinished in some serious ways and more so on other consoles but the the patches that they've put out in the two weeks have really, to my understanding, corrected a lot of the problems. It's still pretty rough on those base consoles, but like ha- have fixed most of the, the like all the bug trailers that you're seeing are from like the day one patch or before the day one patch. Like it doesn't look like that anymore, thankfully. It doesn't play like that. Like if you watch Donkey's video, you think it was the most broken game ever made, <laughs> and like it's definitely not like that i just you know i just played eight hours of it yesterday like i played all right day. i never had anything of those wacky car flying things or oh, i've had a few of those. those lod models they show you know those they show those low lod so that was something that, that happened before like the day one patch that on xbox and play at ps4 which apparently mm. has been patched out um but like there's just no question that the game is is not it's like 
90% there, 85% there. There's definitely areas where you can feel that it's unfinished. And, um, and I, I have pretty good confidence that they will finish it and correct it even hopefully on last gen consoles. Um, I have everybody I know that's played the game, likes the game. And I have a friend, my friend John has played the game 80 hours on his PS4 and doesn't really, he doesn't care that much. So I don't know people (laughs) like make of it what you will, but some people are not too displeased with it. Yeah. I haven't been playing, I haven't been playing it too much. I've been more watching and I've been playing other stuff, but it seems like I've heard stories of people who, gave up on the game because they couldn't stand the bugs, but I've also mm-hmm. heard stories where they're able to kind of sift through the muck and find what's great about that game. And it sounds like it still has those amazing side quests that you just kind of discover in the game world. So there's definitely something there. So, yeah, I think it's I think they're going to fix most of the game probably in two years. And The Witcher 3, that was a game that released <laughs> a bug. Uh, I miss. I'm I think it'll be years. fixed by like February, man. <laughs> But well, who knows? We'll see. But to, yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I just want to mention like I've been watching my girlfriend play through The Witcher Three, not like constantly, but I, I she's playing in the same room as me, and like every time I look over, like there's some bugs in that game. Like there's nothing huge, mm-hmm. but like there's some comical bugs. Like there was a scene where she was playing as Siri, and she goes to like have this really dramatic fight. And she's like, "All right, let's fight," and then she like pulls a pull her sword out of her sheath, and like nothing happens. Like it just stays there. So she starts fighting in the cutscene with like this, in, like with this invisible sword, and like you know that's the kind of thing that like you know would take you out of the immersion, right? Hugo Martin at, from ID says that uh, immersion in a game to him is continue or um, presentation that's like continuously smooth. Like it's 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 never it never cha- it never breaks. The presentation yeah. never breaks. I think that's that's accurate, and that would take me out. I would definitely think about like it wouldn't. I wouldn't be thinking about the, what it was happening in the story anymore. I'd be thinking about like the silly. She had just small bugs. So let's huge, talk about that. But like I actually, because I think that's that is a yeah. an interesting thing that nobody has really or few people have brought up. Um, I don't know if I agree with that statement at all. I think like my f- second favorite game of all time is Stalker, which is in its current current state more buggy than Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Um, Right, like that, and, and like that was one of the most immersive games I ever played, despite the ridiculous bugs that happened frequently. Um, I think mm-hmm. that there is a certain expectation that, that we've gotten used to over the last five years of very highly polished games, and like CD Projekt Red are like the kings of Eurojank. All of their games are fiddly feeling. Even The Witcher Three, they've all had tons of bugs. Yeah. They remade their first two games. Um, they did like remasters because they were so fucked up when they first released them. Like. Eurojank, which is like an Eastern European kind of thing of like making these games that are super ambitious and don't quite have the time or funding to to meet those ambitions. So there's a lot of bugs and goofy shit going on. Uh, like like I don't know if that that's not immersive. I mean, I don't know. What do you, do you really do? You think that the Hugo Martin quote is right? I think if you're playing a game and. Uh, you are presented with a lot of bugs, it will take you out of the story or whatever like moment of the world you're experiencing. Because to me, what immersion is, is like escapism from reality. I'm playing the game and I'm, that's all I'm thinking mm-hmm. about. And when I suddenly see wacky bugs, I'm then thinking I'm playing a video game again. Right. So I think he's right on that. I don't think that a game needs to necessarily not be buggy. I mean, I agree with what you're saying though. Like I also think that I would felt very immersed in Stalker mm-hmm. as well. Probably more for, a, for aesthetic reasons. Yeah. But though on stock, yeah. Horn. Yeah, I don't. What do you think, I don't. I don't know what to say about this because it's really kind of a pick and choose thing. 
I think when you're playing the game and you have to reload the game because your gun doesn't spawn in your arm, in, in your hand, that's one thing. But say it's right. a pivotal cutscene and facial textures aren't loading and you're supposed to be emotionally engaged, but it's ruining Oh, your character's immersion. penis pops out. Yeah, exa- exactly. And uh, it's kind of interesting because kind of going back, I, I was kind of being facetious saying two years. They need two years to... Uh, polish right. it up, but but you said February, and I think that's kind of interesting because uh, in in that Jason Schreier book, uh, Blood, Sweat, and Pixels, there is a chapter that's specifically about The Witcher, and mm-hmm. they actually delayed the game about three months, and they cited Assassin's Creed Unity as a reason mm. to do that because they were like, we oh we got to delay it three months just so we don't have an Assassin's Creed Unity, and right. How times have changed because uh, now that because now they're in that position where they probably should have delayed it three no, months. No, this is the new to... Assassin's Creed Unity for sure. Yeah, uh, like yeah. It, yeah, it is. It's a bummer because it does feel like if they had delayed it till February. I mean, that's what they're saying. They're saying by February they should have like all the major patches to correct most of the bugs. We'll see if that's true. If that pans out. But from what I've seen, they've corrected a lot of bugs. A lot of the most glaring bugs have already been fixed in two weeks' time. So if they had just delayed it two weeks. Maybe it would have been better, like a better launch. Um, like they they really did fuck up with that. Like first impressions count. Um, although I guess we'll see what people think, you know, down the road. They sold uh, 13 million copies of the game. And this is after refunds, which is just like a ridiculous launch. If you look on their Steam review page, yeah. they have more Steam reviews than every Doom game combined on Steam. Wow. <laughs> That's Doom Eternal, Doom 2016. Doom 2, Doom 1, Doom 3, all that shit. They have more reviews, and their reviews are largely positive on Steam. So, I don't know. I guess we'll see how how it lands. But, like, going through the last two weeks and watching the inevitable comparison to Cyberpunk is like Hitler, which was just, like, what a a clickbait. Like, obviously, people were so interested in it, and the hype turned into, like, a feeding frenzy that the media, like, a lot of outlets were like, hey, we got to write these these hit pieces. we got to get those clicks. Um... And like that was just like such a ridiculous clickbait title, which but I think it like ended it. People like right, let's 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 talk about this game a little more sensibly. So wait, was that actually someone actually was that like a like a yeah, hot take paste, or something? Paste or magazine, actual... I believe, wrote uh, it's not a hot take. I mean, it was a two week take, so it was kind of a you know a lukewarm take. Okay, uh, but they said that that uh, cyberpunk is like is like Time magazines or cyberpunk is game of the year in the way that Hitler was. Was 1939's Time Magazine Person of the Year? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> the thing sure. about that though is we live in the age of social media. So what's going to happen mm-hmm. is one journalist will say something that's ridiculous, and that take will be amplified to the maximum. And yeah, yeah. that's just that's just the age of social media. I think the bandwagon <laughs> too. The internet bandwagon really likes to like conform and just decide whether they like something or dislike something it seems i mean not everyone well, there's like factions does, like, and there's lines are drawn large but the, there's a lot of loud voices on on that stuff and i and i really do believe that part of this is related to covid just people being frustrated like this is a way for them to take out their frustration in the, about the world and life right now on this game that they've been waiting for for a long time and especially like i could, like if, if i was like an xbox gamer and i bought the cyberpunk console and then, like, the game just doesn't run on it well. I would be frustrated. Right, but it was an Xbox One you know, X, like, right? Or was it the Xbox base? Yeah. No, it was Xbox okay. One X. So it runs okay on the Xbox One X, I think. But it's... Mm, no? no? I don't know. Not not, not when Digital Foundry reviewed it, which was, like, a week after yeah. launch, I think. 
So. Yeah, that would be a bummer. Um, no, I, I think, I mean, I think that there's a lot to learn about marketing and hype and, and how you approach consumer products, um, from this. And I don't know if I'm the person to dole out those lessons, but like, it's been like, I think you're totally right. Like COVID there's a couple of precedents, right? Like had George Floyd been killed a year ago, like it would, there would have been protests and people would have cared, but like the whole world would not likely have, have responded so strongly because yeah. everybody was, would have been busy with their lives out and about doing stuff. Whereas when George Floyd was killed this year, everybody's at home, everybody sees mm-hmm. the video, everybody's like experiencing it and has really nothing else to think about or talk about or do. The last of us two controversy, apparently like the last of us two subreddit mm-hmm. is like a flaming garbage fire the last six months because 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 of people Mm. flipping out over a a particular set of plot decisions in the game that i think worked quite well um it's hard for me to imagine it being that like i i think all of these things would have caused controversy but like it's just amplified by everybody having so much free time and being you know i think everybody's mental health has taken a hit being locked indoors for coming up on a year now and people have a lot of, yeah. you know, I think like CD Projekt Red was in the wrong place at the wrong time and made a, a big mistake. But like the internet needed a whipping boy or, you know, like needed someone to kind of shit on and they they, they stepped into the they role. scapegoat, yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, I think you're totally right about everything. It's It's been a wild year and uh, we're all just kind of living on social media right now. For a lot of people, that's their main tool for socializing right now in this time so it's just turned into this very toxic public forum uh when we're all just stuck at home and we're very frustrated mm-hmm. yeah. yeah uh so let's talk a little bit about, oh sorry I, yeah i just wanted to say one thing too like other than bugs i feel like they also cut some content from mm-hmm. the game like i i noticed that you can go buy brain dances but they can't right. use them and like they're there and the game, I feel like, implies that they were going to have been something you could do in free play, but they're not. It just seems like there's a lot of stuff was like is there, but like nothing to do with it. Like you go into some buildings, there's just nothing to do inside of it. But you can go in there, and like it's rendered, and there's people yeah. doing stuff, but like you can't do anything there. It just feels like they like had to probably cut a lot of stuff out that could have been there, which I'm sad about because I would have rather have had. I would have rather waited a year and got the game that was perfectly polished and had more right. features. There is a a list on Reddit of the like cut content from the game that we were promised and like this is sort of like a list of demands from the from the mob of like they will release cyberpunk uh, from from being held hostage after these demands but there does seem to be missing stuff in areas where like i said it, it does feel unfinished in a way that i'm not totally unused to because you get a lot of unfinished games on pc um but yeah. uh let's i guess let's talk about the game now a little bit because i've played 60 hours of the game i haven't beaten it yet but I think I have a better impression. I mean, you know, I've three times as much game time as I did last time we talked two weeks ago. Um, I'll say everybody I know personally that's played the game has good things to say about it. Uh, I, I I like it quite a bit. I think that the city design is incredible. The graphics are great. I think that the NPC AI is borderline non-existent and ridiculous. But it's not like that is for me a huge part of the game. But like it is goof. It's funny when you park your motorcycle on the sidewalk and then it stops traffic. For like six miles, <laughs> have you guys seen this? When you say the AI, do you mean the combat AI, or do you mean like the enemy, the NPC? The NPC AI. The world, so like the, the NPC AI is is like the very shallow. The pedestrians, the drivers. Yeah. Um The combat AI 
goes between being decent and bad. Like it, it, it seems to have some bugs where it has pathfinding issues where sometimes you'll be fighting somebody and they'll just be stuck staring into a wall and you can just walk up behind them and just fuck them up. Other times they just like destroy you. I'm playing on very hard. So the difficulty is, is pretty high and I'm playing an intentionally um, very high intelligence, uh, high stealth, but very weak character who can't do a lot of damage up close. So like in fights, I, I get my ass kicked pretty quick, which I think makes the game much more fun. Um, I think that the stealth in the game works better than a lot of people are giving it credit for. I, I'm having a good time playing it stealthy. I really like the side missions. I think that the main story missions are great. They're much more handholdy, like kind of, you know, like set piece stuff, but they do really good set piece stuff. Like the thing that the game does yeah. really well, in my opinion, is this uh, is setting up a mission. Like you'll have like a heist mission. One of the first missions is, is a heist. And you go through like four or five missions to let, before you do the heist that are setting up the heist. So like the tension keeps building and building and building. And then you do the heist and like stuff happens. And it, it, I thought it was really, really well done. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say um, I actually watched my roommate play through that entire build up. And I would say it was really well done. And... It, yeah, it's just it's just nice. You could see the CD Projekt Red approach to level design where it just feels very varied and it isn't exactly like the Rockstar approach where it typically just ends in violence. It doesn't necessarily do that. There's real role playing and there's a real sense that you're influencing the way the events unfold. So, I'm again, I'm really I'm liking what I'm seeing overall and I think overall the game design is really nice. It's it's great. Uh, I love the tone too. Yeah, I do too. I I feel like they give you a, a problem and they give you a you have tools different ways to solve it generally. But sometimes they are more classic linear single player kind of game story parts where you just are doing the thing that's right. You know, the story missions are much more um, linear. Story missions, yeah. yeah. The main story missions, yeah. I should say. But sometimes sometimes you can do stuff your own way. The story missions. Um, which I really like because if you compare that to like a Rockstar game where it's like, go grab the gas can, go put the fire, the right. oil right here, burn this exact spot. Genocide like, Driscoll. Everything you do is exactly, <laughs> yeah, shoot like 100 O'Driscolls, yeah, like, or for my case, 500 for O'Driscolls. Um, it it does, doesn't feel quite like that. And that was nice because that was like, that's that design. Like, I think Rockstar told a good story with Red Dead 2, but I felt like their mission design was still stuck in the PS2 mm-hmm. era. Like still, <laughs> so it's nice to not to have that. I think that like the closest game you could compare it to though is a Rockstar game. That's what I feel like. Cyberpunk is like the most kind of like in terms of yeah. scope and style. I, I, and it it's also like has Fallout, like a I little bit like. of that like Fallout in a Rockstar city. Yeah, I think I guess it it does kind of have a little bit of the Rockstar cynicism. Mm. It does feel like like a lot of the. It sometimes it feels like I everyone I meet I don't like. Everybody you meet's like, hey, game. fuck you. you, don't step on my toes. Um, like when I play Far Cry Five, like I couldn't stand a single character in the entire game. <laughs> like every single character in Far Cry Five is just a loathsome, horrible person that I can't. I don't want to, and I'm not sure why. Char- people write characters like that in games. Like, do people like that where everyone's an asshole? People generally, I think, relate to earnest characters like an Arthur Morgan kind of character or Cassandra or whatever, whatever, you know, I, I just, it's weird that to have every single character be a complete asshole. I don't feel like cyberpunk every character is, but a Wait, lot are of Are you talking about are. the NPCs or are you talking about the, the quest characters? The story characters. The what? The quest characters. The quest characters. I don't agree with the that quest. at all. And I think I'm further enough in the game to, to say that that's not 
entirely. Like I see what they're you not, mean. They're not. They're not. But Jackie Wells is no, a super some, sympathetic I, character. Um, I like. No, I. What I was gonna say was I didn't feel like everyone was like that, but I felt like some yeah, of the people. Okay, were like fair. That. Some of the people were like just kind of cynical assholes who don't really have any. I like. It doesn't feel like a world that people could actually live in. I will say that as well. No. It doesn't feel like a real, like a place that, that like could I ever said, exist. Like I said, it's like pastiche of every 80s and 90s movie that you, that people love. Like, <laughs> But it's also just so over the top in so many possible mm-hmm. ways. Like, it just, this would never function. Like, it would, this would never last. Right. This, would, this would be apocalyptic wasteland. Well, and, it, and yeah, <laughs> and why would, why would everybody have a fake fucking arm or leg or, or optical implants? Or, or a dildo. You could hack. Especially, you just have a dildo in your pocket. Especially when you can hack it. Like, it seems like, like, why would you have a network device that you right. can hack on your body? It's like that's like the a- stupidest any strip kitty can literally ever. just fry your fucking brain. Um, yeah, yeah not, not good. Um, no, it's it's not a plausible world. Like it is. However, I have had an incredible time just walking through the world. Like the interactivity of the NPCs is maybe not as good as you might hope, but it like just exploring the different plazas and the markets and the bars and going places. They're varied. They they, they have a lot of a, incredible amount of attention to deal, detail, and with the graphics cranked up, they're just very. You feel like you're walking through like a you know a market in in a crazy city. Um, uh, like I end up yeah. walking more than driving, in part because my my speed is pretty fast, and I've got double jump, which means I can just double like jump. jump around the place like it's a crackdown game, and like climb buildings and do yeah. all this Batman shit, and then jump down on people and like. Yeah, I, you could just have a lot of weird fun in this game, so I, I'm really enjoying that. How often have you heard the NPCs say, uh, I'm waiting for a friend? <laughs> oh, the, no. I've heard that like Dude, 30 the NPCs times. Are so, the NPCs need to be fixed. They're, they are like placeholder broken <laughs> right now. Like they're, they're, it did, I didn't notice it right away, but as you play the game more and more, you're like, these NPCs are stupid. They walk in circles. They look the same. Um, yeah, they, they need to fix that. <laughs> There's no question. So that kind of brings me to a question. Do you think that some of those game design things are going to be fixed? Because I keep hearing from people in the games industry that I'm reading on Twitter, hearing on podcasts, saying that some of that AI stuff or just the overall tone or narrative stuff would be extremely hard to patch out. Or what do you think? Do you think that there's a chance that some of that stuff is too embedded or could actually be patched? I think that the NPCs could definitely be fixed. And I think that the AI, the problem with the combat AI has more to do with bugs than with it being particularly low quality. I think it's the AI is as good as you're going to get in Fallout or a lot of similar type games. Like none of these games have breathtaking yeah. AI, so it's not really surprising to me. I do. I have seen a lot of people say that certain things about the way this different game systems like the stealth doesn't work for them. And I, I don't know. I think it's one of those games that you kind of have to like... Be, you have to find the right way to play it that's going to have your own fun. Like, it doesn't necessarily push you there. I'm having tons of fun sneaking around, frying people from, like, rooftops and yeah. hacking into shit. Like, I Me think too. it's really good. I love the stealth. But uh, Hacking into the cameras and spotting everybody. Yeah. And then, like, burning a guy's optics and sneaking up yeah. behind another guy and, like, cracking his neck. Like, that's super fun. I love doing that stuff. <laughs> and then going in guns blazing. Like, I, 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 I was watching that game. Like, every time you shoot... The weapon view models are so nice looking, and the animations are just like out of this world. Like every gun, and I every I, every time I play this game, like God, the guns look so nice in this game. Like when you reload, it's like that top level quality. Like it's just the, the they put some really good time and effort on the animations mm-hmm. and just the way that stuff looks when you shoot in that game. I was very impressed with that, and I still am every time I play it. Yeah, yeah, and like I said earlier, I also think the story's working for me. Like I I don't know if it 
holds up to the quality of The Witcher 3 that a lot of people say is really exceptional. I haven't played enough of that game to comment on that, on how it... But it's it's good. People it's put, like a good action movie. People put you know? The Witcher on a pedestal, though. Don't you think? The Witcher is a little overrated sometimes. Like it's, I'm sure it's amazing. I haven't played it all the way through, but I think that people talk about The Witcher like there's just nothing better sure. than it. It's like, uh, yeah, I, I will say though, kind of commenting on this that um, I think Cyberpunk is the kind of game, especially in its storytelling, that begs to be problematic. Like, because The Witcher Three is a very everybody's just like a white person in that game, mm-hmm. except for maybe two or three black NPCs. So it's very much just proper fantasy. So it's not going to invite the same controversy where you'll see um, a transgender character and it's problematic how they're represented. Or you see a Latin American uh, character that's just like saying the word puto or something and just is kind of like, like, like Jackie has shades of that. So I think part of the reason why people don't like the cyberpunk story is because of some of that representation stuff. And the edgelordness of the tone. The Witcher 3 mm-hmm. doesn't have that. So, I want, like, what do you guys think? Do you think that has potential there in terms of why I, it's I have more controversial? I, I, I can't comment on specific stereotypes or because I'm not part of some of these communities. I know there's the issue with the um, transgender uh, representation in an ad that, that a lot of people took offense to. And I see why, in isolation, that definitely would um, rub people the wrong way. Like, I think within the context of the world, it makes more yeah, it sense. The tone of the game. Um, but the whole, I mean, I, I said about this on the previous podcast, like it does feel amped up in a way that's that's kind of like too much, too much porn, too much like edgelord stuff everywhere. But it doesn't feel, and again, I, I'm not the right person to comment on this, but it doesn't feel to me particularly transphobic in the context of the world and all the other ads that you see in that world. Um, in terms of representation, I think, I, I don't know. Like, again, I'm not part of these communities. Um, but the whole game is like tropey. Like, everything mm-hmm. is like a trope. It's like like there is not an original thought in this game. Yeah, that that is kind of... Because The Witcher 3 is like kind of tropey. Like, there's a clear MacGuffin. The end of the world is nigh. It's very like Lord of the Rings. But mm-hmm. um, I think yeah. the reason why people love The Witcher 3 so much is that the side quests... We're just very creative, and it sounds like uh, it sounds like this game has some side quests that are really neat. I mean, a uh, video game donkey in his video uh, talks about one where it's about a sentient vending machine. Like it mm-hmm. sounds like it sounds like there's a lot of potential to just stumbling upon just like a cool sci-fi short story. There's plenty of them, and, and the one with the taxi cab service is particularly great. I also say in terms of like trans representation, there is a full fully trans character in this game that that isn't it's not like they're not like this person's trans but like just plays a very sympathetic well-developed character with a lot of humanity so i think there's from my view from my cis white male view pretty good representation in this game but like again i'm not the person to comment on this sort of stuff well I, i guess the reason why i posed it is because it's not so much about what either any of us think necessarily it just seems like it's the kind of game that would invite that sort of criticism because it's yeah. a Polish studio, which right now is a very conservative nation, oh, yeah. culturally and politically, making a game with diverse points of view. It seems like it's going to warrant that sort of uh, scrutiny in a way. Sure. I don't know. I think one thing I, I will say I, I do like, I guess, and I think you 
criticize it for this as well is it is nice to play a game that's not that is made for adults because i'm playing horizon zero dawn and that game feels like a goddamn disney movie <laughs> like it's just so watered down and like just made for babies and like it's nice to play something that's not afraid to be a little offensive like i don't think all media needs to be watered down and friendly for everything sure. like i think it's okay to have stuff that's a little transgressive i think that's that can be nice i think cyberpunk kind of like kind of goes the line though in my opinion of like corporate cool guy and like actual you know punk whatever like i think it doesn't quite pull it off like someone said it's dad rock they compare the game to like dad more rock. Dad oh, rock. yeah yeah than punk wasn't rock. that like a kotaku and I think, like, article that said that i think so yeah probably I, I didn't actually read it but i felt like that title did somewhat i don't know like you know like you know how about this like here's an example when you watch the the ubisoft ads for um watchdogs 3 there's definitely a disconnect between like the corporate like nature of Ubisoft's presentation and like the games like hacker punky like ugh, like cool guy like it yeah. just it didn't quite mesh right it was kind of cringy in that regard I I think Cyberpunk does that a lot better than that game did but there's still an element of it where it's kind of like ugh, well I don't know I would say yeah thematically like Cyberpunk is almost not like a true science fiction piece because doesn't have a lot of philosophical investigation in the way that I think is important in speculative fiction, uh, fiction, particularly uh, science fiction. It's much more of a like crime. Like it's, it's, it has more in common with ocean 11 than 2001. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like the, the the narrative or grand theft auto. Uh, And I like you're you're stealing heisting stuff and it's like, or grand theft auto, like you're stealing things. Like you want to be like the best criminal ever and make an impact on the world. Um, and I, and I think like in terms of its edgelord attitude, I, I do think some of that stuff is 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 uh, I don't know questionable, maybe worthy of uh, interrogation by by people. I don't have a fully baked opinion on all of it yet, and some of it I, I don't feel fully equipped to call to to comment on. But I, I could see why it's in, inviting some discussions and some criticism for sure. Yeah, it's just funny because uh, I played The Witcher three and I watched The Lord of the Rings this year just the whole trilogy and it it is strange consuming that kind of fiction because it's almost like when you consume that racism just doesn't exist because everybody's a white person but doesn't it <laughs> like that seems to me like like the witcher in particular takes place in a completely fictional it doesn't take place in ancient europe i mean so does the lord of the rings and like like why isn't there like why isn't it a multi-ethnic society of some sort? Like, why is well, it such a homogenous Euro-looking society? Well, yeah, it's a, it's it's something that just kind of... It's strange playing that game and consuming that media now because I think... I don't think it should be that way because it is a fantasy setting, but mm-hmm. it's interesting consuming The Lord of the Rings and The Witcher 3 and everybody's just white and it's this homogenous society and that's I mean, sort I of personally ap- find that more problematic. Yeah. You know? That's what I'm, that's what I'm getting at. It's, it's yeah. problematic in its own way that we we're, we're kind of relegating this mythology to a certain group. And I wonder if that I've seen some discussion about that where omission is just as bad as poor representation. But again, I'm not really sure where the discourse will lead on that. I mean, I'm, I'm saying with like Star Wars, for example, you're starting to see like more black characters or like more representation with the Disney ones. But it is interesting kind of going back to earlier kind of European centric mythologies and how they don't have representations. And on top of that, they are fantasy settings. So 
it doesn't really matter who is represent re- represented. So, right, I, we might as well make it diverse. But I don't know. It's a or, it's a whole discussion that's interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, just to to lay one more note on that. From like, I do think there is some really great representation in Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Um, I think there's also some that's very like the uh, what's the name of the the one guy who's basically just a samurai. He's like the most basic samurai. He's he's really well portrayed. He has a lot of humanity, uh, humanity, but he is just oh yeah, I like him a samurai like through and through. Like in any any samurai movie you've ever seen, that's what he is. He's just concerned with honor, like all the basic tropes. He's cool. So like some of the stuff could have been fleshed out or a little more thoughtful. Um, but there are other characters that really do that are really there's some really great moments in this game that I don't want to spoil that I think haven't been discussed so much on um, in the Twitter sphere, in the blog sphere yet, but they're worth checking out. Dope. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you have any more to say about Cyberpunk, Kevin? Um, I, I, I've just, I mean, more broadly, I've just really been, I have been enjoying my time with it, despite the fact that I can't really get amazing performance out of it. Um, and, um, I do think like the core gameplay stuff is really well designed and fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely like in a lot of ways what I was hoping it would be. I think um, I I kind of was hoping that there'd be more vehicle options and maybe more. I think like the city vehicle side stuff is kind of lackluster mm-hmm. compared to games like great games that are similar. Like even Saints Row has more options, and that's not a Rockstar game. <clears throat> but um, I I do really like it. I think it's definitely getting somewhat unfairly roasted by the internet, but yeah, I, I I mean I think I think it it was like we, getting we fairly talk. roasted, and then it was just like and then it just got bonkers and now it's kind of back to normal. Like there was just like bonkers for like five days. And then once, once the Hitler piece came out of it, it was like, wait a minute, hold up. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I see what you're saying. I think one thing I do like about this game that I'll, I'll say before we move on is it's exclusively first person with the exception of driving. And I think that that really works in its favor. Um, it, it's much more yeah. immersive. I found this to be true also when I was playing red dead redemption and I never used the first person mode until like a couple weeks ago. And I was like, Oh my God, this, this world is so much more immersive when you're walking around in the first person. So I like that they largely stuck to their guns around that and they didn't resort to third person cutscenes. A lot of people are like, I want to see my character. And I'm like, I don't give a shit about my character. I want to see this world. Um, I like that. Uh, but I don't know. I'll continue to play it. I'll probably one, one question I do mm-hmm. have for you. Story stuff aside, no no narrative piece, but just what do you think of Keanu's character? Oh, Keanu's great. People, a lot, okay, so that's weird. Some people love him and some people hate him. And I'm kind of confused about the mm-hmm. people who hate him. Keanu is a big part of this game. I think he might have like more mm-hmm. lines of dialogue than anyone. And, um, and he is awesome. It's like you get to hang out with Keanu Reeves for like 50 hours. Like it's, <laughs> it's which yeah. seems pretty rad to me. His character, like, like his delivery fits the character in my mind, really, really well. Um, and like, he didn't give like a just shit performance. Like you see a lot of uh, big stars, you know, like that, that wizard came from the moon kind of thing. Like he's, he's it's there. The he's given a good performance <laughs> and he's with you the whole time. And sorry if I'm spoiling a little bit, but like, I really liked Keanu Reeves in this game. I, I think the way they implemented the character was really smart too, because it allows you to interact with him, but he's never there blocking you. You don't have to ever follow him slowly anywhere. He's right. never fighting things you have to protect him. All of the bad tropes that games have with NPCs are absent because mm-hmm. of how they implemented the character. So he's just there for what you want him for. And and that's him talking and doing and having reactions and you guys and you know, your character interacts with him. I also like how he's not like I feel like Keanu always kinda plays like a 
kind of like the good guy, like the good main guy. And Johnny Silverhand is definitely kind of motivated. Motivations are questionable yeah. for a lot of ways. So it's kind of cool to see him in a different role. Mm. I don't think I've ever seen him in a character play a character like that before. True. So I, I like that too. <clears throat> I, I like him so far. Yeah, he's very amusing. Like he's always kind of like subtly commenting on on your dialogue options and it's it's really yeah i i like it i could see why it might not work for people but I, it worked really well for me I, yeah. I think most people have problems with just his voiceover but not with the character uh from what i've heard um it seems like i don't think his voiceover is that bad yeah but j- just generally speaking what i've heard from the many podcasts I'm, I'm listening to everyone seems to agree that his character is great it's just the voiceover mm-hmm. part is up for debate so yeah i could see that it's working for me and i mean it is keanu reeves you know like dry to a fault he's always very dry Um, trinity (laughs) yeah but the more the more time you you spend with him the more he's grown on me i really i really enjoy it uh i don't know if we have anything more to say about this game it's just it's funny to see like expectations build so much that like the amount of like hype that it had turned into the amount of hate that it got and like (laughs) I, i don't know it's like like don't show your fucking games eight years in advance for one like i don't want to see a game unless it's coming out in the next like 12 months like don't show me games years in advance but i mean despite all the rocky problems and they still sold like more than any game ever on pc ever like the marketing works yeah that's another everyone's freaking out like Like, they made tons of money this game sold on pc like 70 to i think it was 70 percent of the pre-orders were on pc which is crazy and like i said more steam reviews in two weeks in two weeks than every doom game combined which is just blows my what mind about skyrim or something or you know PUBG. let's let's see what skyrim has because that's actually that's a good question um because skyrim is obviously another big pc that's what game that's like always on the top 10 the problem is skyrim has like multiple editions i wonder if they uh like collate those that's together. true they're gonna get into the capcom thing like super turbo so skyrim. for the special edition it has literally five times as many reviews as skyrim but i don't know if the old skyrim what about regular skyrim yeah i, can't, I don't find that kevin maybe if i use my version of the game which is not the special edition to go to the store page okay let's see there you go so okay it has a comparable number of views to skyrim now but actually still more which what the fuck i I don't understand why people are so excited about cyberpunk like i know why i was excited about it but like why the fuck did my little brother care about it or like well witcher was one of the biggest selling games of all time really witcher 3 oh yeah i did not know top 20 Hmm. it sold like 20 million copies or 25 million it was it sold like or it sold like maybe it's 40 I don't know it sold the insane amount of game copies yeah and you know it's very well loved like I said I think maybe it's sometimes a little overrated not that it's bad it's a good it's a great game but like you know definitely it's not a perfect game but super well loved and I think that marketing just blew up yeah I think uh, the lesson here is is uh, do not over promise and under deliver even if you <laughs> and, and don't show your game years in advance and maybe don't pre-order games people uh, I'm glad that people are getting refunds uh, that, that wanted it, or hopefully are getting refunds. It seems like, I don't know. Uh, I think it's time to move on from this game, unless you guys have anything else to say. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Oren, what have you been playing, man? Disco Elysium. Hell yeah. It, oh, I, nice. I finished it a few days ago. Uh, fantastic game. One caveat before I talk about it, though. There's a lot of reading. It is, it's basically interactive fiction. Uh, it, it, it's a visual novel. novel. Right. It's, yeah, the amount of reading that I did in that game 
would probably equate to a 500 page book or 600 page book. There's a lot of reading in that game, okay. but um, fantastic game. I think what I love about this game so much, first of all, uh, you basically wake up as, and you're playing, you play this drunken detective who has all of these internal emotions and all of the internal emotions are like voices in his head that talk to you. And the game, you wake up and there's a murder and you, you have to solve the murder and you have a partner, Kim Kitsurugi, who helps you with the murder. And it's very much a point and click type adventure game with a lot of reading where you're finding clues, doing side quests, role playing, and you're kind of like Mass Effect. You are choosing um, dialogue options, right? So... It, it's it, it's a great game. I think the thing that I love the most about it is it has a very clear worldview that it's trying to convey. Uh, mm-hmm. It feels like it was made by it feels like it was made by a, um, people who live in post-communist Eastern European countries, and you feel that worldview as you're playing the game. Um, mm-hmm. The game is full of corrupt labor unions. Uh, private uh, military companies and contractors trying to control resources, uh, no real central government. And uh, once you get closer to the end of the game, and I'll say this without, without spoiling it, it starts to show its hand in terms of a very kind of communist left-wing sort of failed mm-hmm. failed dream um, that, again, was succeeded by all of this corruption so it's a very it's a very sad game in in a lot of ways, but it's very philosophical and clear in what it's trying to convey in its worldview. Uh, the one thing I will say about it it's not a, it's not a perfect game. I didn't really like how the RPG elements were implemented. Like there are actual serious plot beats that are blocked by certain skills that you should have upgraded. So right, um, there's like one. Uh, one uh, RPG mechanic called Shivers. And if you don't upgrade that to a significant amount, you'll actually, you'll actually be blocked from the end of the game. So it's, it's, uh, it's a little Hmm. rough with the RPG stuff, but the writing is very impressive. And I think it's worth Mm -hmm. playing just for that. Hmm. I only played a little bit of it, but I definitely liked what I had played. Like, I feel like right off the bat, when you look in the mirror and you can decide all the different ways that he sees himself, mm. like, totally kind of gave me an idea of where they were going with it. And it seemed like it was really funny and clever in a lot of ways. Yeah, it's really it's really funny and clever, but it's also everybody you meet in the game, even including your protagonist, is a broken person. <laughs> like, like, everybody's a broken <laughs> person, and it's... And it's really fascinating because you see that on an individual level, but you also see it in terms of these greater institutions that are broken and how they're affecting the daily lives of all of these NPCs you're meeting. It's uh, it's a lot. Mm. You even you even meet like a coked out uh, child who's throwing stones at the corpse that you're investigating. It, it goes that deep with the stuff. I remember that. So. And I tell me this, and hopefully maybe this is if it's too spoiler, don't answer it. But it, is it kind of always the buddy cop style? Because I thought that was a really good oh idea. yeah, it, it's in really nice. And your decisions in the game actually impact how your uh, how your uh, how Kim Katsurugi uh, responds to you. And it's really great because I was playing yeah. the game as a depressed communist, 
And I would just always <laughs> say really communist things throughout the game, like saying like the state should seize everything, et cetera, et cetera. And it got to the point mm-hmm. where Kim Katsurugi was just introducing me as a communist. <laughs> <laughs> See, th- that's funny because I felt like the way that they presented your character and then Kim as the straight man was such oh, a good yeah. dynamic, and I could see that they that they could do a lot with that in that game. So I suspected that that kind of stuff was good. I, I felt like that's what they were going, and I really liked that direction. Yeah. I didn't play the game a lot in that much more because there was a lot of reading, but it wasn't that it was bad. I just got just, there's so many of the games out right now to play. Yeah, it, yeah. it's a great game, but I think I do kind of caution it um, in a sense because it is a lot of reading. Um, if you're not the reading type of person, like even for me, I, I, I for the most part like to read, but even for me, mm-hmm. I was like, I've been reading like, like here's how it goes. You'll have, you'll talk to an NPC. You'll have like a 20 minute conversation with that NPC. And then you go to the next NPC. It's another 20 minute conversation. Then you go to a third NPC and it's another 20 minute conversation. And it's like, I got to mm. step away from this and play like gears five right. or something. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, crack some heads yeah but it's good it's great it is worth noting it is worth noting they're going to add voice it's going to be fully voiced in march which is why i'm going to wait especially after what you just said i'm going to wait to play (laughs) till march but i really do want to play this game it's a great game i don't really have too much more to say about it but i i think the biggest takeaway for me is it's refreshing playing an rpg that has such a cohesive worldview um, even if some people aren't going to agree with the fact that the dev- developers are literally communists, um, I think it's just refre- mm-hmm. refreshing, regardless of where you are on the political spectrum, playing a game that that where every decision feels informed and cohesive. I think the only other game recently where I felt that way was probably Near Automata, just like this really clear mm-hmm. sense of what mm-hmm. it's trying to be. And you feel those decisions Definitely. in every little detail in the world. Um, I think, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's really neat. Cool. Yeah. It's, it's like a proper CRPG. You should try divinity original sin too. You might actually, there is, these are similar games in some ways, different perspectives, I think, but, um, but also I think an Eastern European game, I, I believe, um, might be worth checking out. Uh, gotta play that, that sounds awesome. I also got to play uh, planetscape torment, which is a huge inspiration. Oh, for yeah. that game. So yeah. Planetscape. Yeah. Uh, I have that. It's it, so that that's old school. That's uh, I miss that back in the day, which makes me sad. Uh, I was I was like, I was a huge console gamer at the time, so I didn't, I didn't get that one. But uh, it's, it's it's supposed to be great. We should probably add Disco Elysium to the uh, to the what the Crotch Club is that what it's called? <laughs> yeah, I'd be down Crotch Club. <laughs> Cro- the Crotch Club. <laughs> so, sounds like a store in Cyberpunk. Um, no, yeah, yeah. that's uh, true. I I wouldn't mind doing a, an episode on that after we've all played it. That would be pretty fun, I think. Uh, is have we played anything else? Like I know it's we just had you know holidays and all that. Uh, Kevin, Titanfall two, but I mean that's same, oh, you can play Titanfall two, same old same on old. PS PS four. Uh, I've been playing it like I, I have Game Pass, so I've been going between PC and Xbox One. So. It's, Dude, let's play it. I want to play that it's game. It's still it's great. amazing. I love it. I don't really have mm-hmm. anything to add about it other than it's still awesome, and it has a very devoted community that still plays it. Do you find people to play with on PC? Oh, yeah. I mean, Game Pass. It's all on Game Pass. Oh, oh it's is it on Game Pass? Yeah, it's on Game Pass. Oh, shit. Yeah, it is. I did not know. Okay, that would actually be a little boost of life, because it came to PC 
six months ago and there was like a like a two week three week renaissance and then it dropped off pretty hard but maybe game pass has brought it back to life oh I don't, yeah I, don't know. I have it on because uh, if you get a xbox game pass ultimate you also get the ea play and that's just been oh. making it explode i mean i wouldn't say explode Wait, but it has i've had no truck problem finding a game meanwhile i also tried playing battlefield 5 and it was very hard to find a game in that game so <laughs> yeah kevin and i had that problem um yeah wait xbox are you playing this on an xbox or on pc both because it's game pass so i can switch off oh. yeah shit okay so does your if you play single player does your save crossover with ea play and game pass mm. on so. xbox and pc i'm not sure because I was just playing, hilariously enough, I set up my uh, Xbox in my living room, and I play a little bit of Forza Horizon 4. Sorry, I like to think about that. Forza Horizon 4, and it had my save over for my PC, and I thought there was just something beautiful about the fact that I can play this game on PC and then go in the living room on the Xbox, the old Xbox, the Xbox One, no S, yeah. or X, and play it with my save. I thought that was awesome. That is a feature that I want to see. Honestly across the board i don't know what the holdup is i mean it, obviously yeah. it's it's development work which takes time and money and manpower but um i would love to see that implemented because uh, there's a few games i have on my ps4 and my <clears> pc and sometimes you know i want to sit on the couch and play it and sometimes i want to stand yeah. at my desk and play it so give me the option the witcher on switch mm-hmm. or the switcher yeah switcher 3 does that that is as well. amazing pc um i think crossplay. also uh divinity original sin 2 does that oh that's cool so all i think most xbox stuff does that mm. it's also interesting because you could take the original xbox to a LAN and play halo infinite when it comes out like it's still mm. like i just think that that's an amazing feature even though you know you may not be the best way to play it you could wait what do you the original <laughs> the original xbox no the xbox one okay. original which i have yeah. let's say we were in t- in a year halo infinite's coming out on that halo infinite yeah on- and i could play it i could play it with you guys on pc if i, I thought wanted that was to. next gen only like, i just think that i just think that that that, that uh, option is amazing no I just I, love I, that is so really much. great huh okay uh i don't think i've played anything else i i beat yakuza oh let's hear it uh my pin hasn't really changed i still think that game's amazing um awesome C- or, you know jrpg uh didn't really you know i was like i actually was like maybe an hour or two out from being the game. Although the ending was like three hours. <laughs> mm. <laughs> it wasn't three hours of cutscene like Metal Gear Solid 4, but it was just, <laughs> a, it was just like the whole final stuff is all, is all about three hours or maybe two hours. It's a, it's a good, it was awesome. That game was, that game was great. I love that game. It was super like positive game. Like it's very, very, talk about earnest. Like the main character is extremely earnest and just like a really good likable guy. Um, and it's just really kind of nice to play it this year. I felt like that was like a very like, positive happy experience this year and i had like a really good outlook on like life in the world hmm. uh which was really just refreshing and if you want to play a jrpg that isn't Final Fantasy seven remake because i haven't played that but i heard that's awesome <laughs> I, I really want to play it i, I mean again i, I i've played like four or five you'll like uh, it Yaku- or like three or four yakuza games over the past two years so i know i'll like it yeah. Also on Game Pass. Oh, wait, it, or is it? That's not I also played. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's on Game Horizon, Pass. Horizon. More, more of that. Oh, Horizon. Horizon Zero Dawn. That in. Orin's yeah. favorite game. That game's Orin's favorite game. <laughs> that game's HDR implementation, by the way, is incredible. The HDR in that it game is. is just yeah. stunning. Every time I'm looking at that game, I can't believe I'm looking at it. It's just like God. This looks incredible. 
I think it's yeah, I think it's totally it's valid to love Horizon Zero Dawn and soak in the HDR and all Wait, that. Wait, so Oren, I'm I'm curious. I wanted to ask you about this actually because now that I've played it a lot more, I I was impressed the amount of ways that it gives you to solve a problem. Mm. Like it'll give you a fight and you can like hack the enemies or you can set traps or you can just fight. Like there's a lot of different ways you can do a, a battle in that game. And it, it reminded me more of like how Hitman, you can do something like 10 different ways. Did you, did you feel like that at all? Or did, did, that, did, not, did, not, did that not do it uh, for you? I think I'm just, uh, I think I'm just, I just haven't, I've been having an open world problem these days. I just can't do open world yeah. games like I used to. I think actually the only open world game that I true the only open world games that I truly love these days are Yakuza games because Yakuza games are so packed with stuff and it's not that big of a world so and it never feels mm-hmm. like it's wasting my time but like I play Horizon Zero Dawn and I'm like ah, I, I, I kind of wish this was just more linear or something but I could I could totally see the uh, different approaches to taking down um, robo dinosaurs yeah I just was curious because I know you love Hitman. Uh, so I was like, I wonder if there was like, you know, this, if you felt like that. Because this stealth is actually surprisingly fun. Sure. In that game. I was like, wow, this is. <laughs> I actually like, I don't know, I like the game more than I expected to. Awesome. I'm, I'm about 26 hours in. Um, People seem I to would like probably it. put it on my games of the generation, actually, if I. Oh. Did you not? It wasn't on I there. did. Well, I hadn't played it enough. Yeah. I only, only played it like maybe like 10 hours at that time. Oh, I'm not going to edit but, that episode, so sorry. No, it's, it's fine. <laughs> but it did come out this year on PC, so it could be your PC. It could be your game Does of the year, twenty twenty. Uh, speaking Does of which, this year count. For, what? Wait, can I put games that came out this year on PC on my list? Yeah, duh. I thought it was games this year that just came out. No, right? no, 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 no. Okay, no, 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 well, no, no. I need to do some typing here and edit. Yeah, I know, some, I know. <clears throat> uh, if I honestly, yeah, I, make your own rules. This is your personal list. Uh, so <laughs> my personal. All list. All right. So a tradition, game of the year. We did it. We did a game of the generation that's last like two and a half, three hours. This is going to be a little quicker, but we're going to give our top fives. Yeah, that sounds about that right. Have? I have five games here Wait, written f- down. Okay. Well, I have way more than five games. I haven't. I have to slim this down. Yeah. You could you could give some honorable what? mentions. I don't care. Get, give credit. But I already have those two though. What? Well, I have honorable mentions and I have games of. Yeah. I have both. Okay. Yeah, you can do both. That's that's okay. Well, I have a very substantial list this year. Oh I play a lot of games this year. So okay. Well, then do you, here. I, I don't, I'll filibuster it later. Yes, <laughs> right? you guys go first. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'll I'll start just because mine is mine is a little simplified, and and I want to give you guys more space to talk. So I, I did four runners up in a game of the year. Okay. Um, and my four, okay. I didn't play that many games this year. Um, they came out this year. Or I played more. You know, I spent a lot of time playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey and Counter Strike. Uh, that did not come out anywhere near this year. But um, my, my my four runners up are Valorant, which which I still play pretty regularly. Love it. It's a good team based uh, tactical shooter. Um, runs really well. Looks like a kid's cartoon, but it you know it's fun. My only real complaint yeah. about that game is that it's gonna it's it's bound to have scope creep as they keep adding characters. And I swear to God, everybody that has a microphone and plays that game is like eight years old. Like not even like a teenager. Like like these are like little kids. They're like, hey, what's up? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm nice to them, but they're not that nice. So Valorant, pretty fun. <laughs> Last of Us Part Two, we did a whole thing on this. I, I I have a lot of like as I get further away from that game, I really remember the stealth sequences really fondly. The set pieces a little less yeah. fondly, and the story pretty fondly. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077, maybe if this game had been released 
you know, anywhere from three months to two years later, it would have been my game of the year. Maybe I, but like, as it is, it's, I've spent a lot of time with it. I'm really enjoying it. And the last runner up is doom eternal, which, uh, the more, the more I chew on it, the more I like it, the more I think it is a positive evolution for action first person shooters. Um, but my game of the year, should I, should I save my game of the year? Sure. How do we, okay. You, uh, you guys go, I'll say, I'll save it. We can, we can, t- we can, we can lead it up to our, our game of the year. How about that? <laughs> sure. Okay. Uh, Who wants to go next? Well, I have a. I only have like a top five, so um, I'll just not say what my number one is. Uh, but for for Sounds my good. fifth, for 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 number five, I was gonna go Doom Eternal, but there were enough things that kind of kept it back, so it's more of an honorable mention. Number five, I decided to give to Spelunky Two, which is a game that is great. And it's fantastic. It totally came out at the wrong time, though, because it came out right when another giant roguelike came out, which I will talk about in a second. Amazing. Super giant, bro. (laughs) Yeah, super giant problem. (laughs) Yeah. But um, yeah, great game. Great roguelike. Sequel to the OG roguelike. Love it. Uh, Four is Neo 2 which is mm. my favorite Dark Souls-like nice. game to come out since Sekiro, probably, or Remnant. Mm. Uh, really just polished, solid, and it's better than the first Neo just by the fact that they've introduced character customization into the game, which really uh, made the experience feel all the more personal. So Neo 2. No more William. Great game. Uh, 3 is the Final Fantasy VII remake, which is just... Totally not what I expected it to be in the best ways. It consistently surprised me. Uh, had so many oh shit moments that I wasn't expecting, and it made me feel great during a miserable year. And number two <laughs> is Hades, which is just freaking awesome game and could be number one any other year. It's uh, that is the game that stole Spelunky 2's thunder, and honestly, it's totally fine because that ma- that game is incredible. Hades. Hmm. Nice. My order is not great, but <laughs> we'll give your honorable so mentions say my first game because you, you apparently have okay, 50 Okay, honorable mentions are uh, Gears Tactics. That was a great game. That game fun, is fun. Good way to get me into tactics games. Um, Resident Evil 3, flawed, but still pretty fun three hour game I think for me it was I think for me it was two and a half hours <laughs> oh my god um, it felt like they made that game's campaign just to sell that multiplayer mode mm. but it still had amazing graphics I was very impressed with the graphics and it had some cool music and it was still fun ish uh, last I'll mention would be Doom Eternal I think it's a really well executed game but it takes the game it takes the franchise in a direction that I really don't like and i even have a shirt like i'm wearing it right now accidentally that says doom eternal and like i don't know if i'd want to wear it in public <laughs> you know like <laughs> i feel like doom eternal is kind of like a little more embarrassing to me like especially all of that like cheesy night stuff they do in that game it just really uh, was really off-putting hmm. like the tone yeah, just it's kind of like ugh. 2016 yeah. i would flaunt all day okay just like don't get me wrong the tone of that game is beautiful but eternals is just like i don't know man i just <laughs> I was gonna say sure. it's like it's like wearing a Halo Two T-shirt. Like, why would you wear yes. Halo? Oh, that's a hard. <laughs> that is a knock. That is like a fucking <laughs> serious knock. So I don't know if Horizon counts because it's it's not this year, but it came out this year on PC. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, 
Sure, why yes. not? Um, I also would say cyber, Cyberpunk. Um, These are honorable and then, mentions uh, still. I would say my two other honorable mentions this year that didn't come out, they're supposed to come out this year, but they didn't, were uh, Elden Ring and Halo Infinite. They were both announced to come out this year. They're, they're supposed to, but... Elden uh, Ring was supposed to come out this year? Well, it was probably going to come out this year. And I looked what? at games of 2020, like Elden Ring came up on like four different lists of like games coming out like in the early of the year. So I, don't I guess ever... it was supposed to, or people thought it was, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Yeah. Halo Infinite was definitely coming out yeah. this year. There's no question on that. So, like, I saw a great tweet where, like, Halo Infinite's like, thank God Cyberpunk saved us from, from like, thank God we didn't pull a Cyberpunk <laughs> they, like, this close to doing the same shit. Yeah, <clears throat> that's actually really true. Imagine if they had released that and it was shit. Ugh, yeah. That would have sucked for them. Um, So, I don't really have a good list for these games because I like all of them, but I'm going to say number five is Half-Life Alex. Uh, mm. That game was amazing, and I can see, like I said, why Valve made it a VR game after playing it. Um, my next game would probably be Last of Us Part Two, number four. That game was awesome. It's a Sony first-party game that I really liked, and that's not something that I had experienced <laughs> this generation really much at all, honestly. Except Bloodborne. Like, I really just, they didn't do it for <laughs> me. Except for Horizon Zero Bloodborne's, but yes, and Horizon, I was going to say that. Horizon was the other one. But, uh, those two games, actually, I feel like have really good gameplay, and they're really well thought out. And Horizon has that lame, tell me this. This is just a side note, but tell me if you guys think of this. Do you think linear climbing is no? Fun God of War games? had all of it that. Sucks. It was terrible. Why? Why? Like <laughs> Horizon has all these yellow notched things. Like for some reason, the apocalypse world, all the everything you have to climb on is yellow. And I just don't mm. think it's fun to climb on things in a linear. Like Uncharted is full of that right. stuff too. It's like also yeah, why in, in Uncharted's just, defense though, there actually is some climbing where you choose where to go. God of War is just straight. Just push up, and that's the climbing. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's just stick stuff. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't like that. But um, otherwise, uh, yeah. Anyways, Last of Us 2, I thought the story was awesome, actually. I liked how it went. I felt like it was, in a lot of ways, the anti-Naughty Dog game. Like, they kind of, like, tore down what everyone loved about the first game, which I thought was really cool and, like, also daring for such a big funded game. Like, that was, I thought that was like, wow, these guys did something that, like, the fans didn't like. Like, they they, they, they could have made something safe. Mm-hmm. They could have made, like, another love, you know, could have been father story. Joel, Joel the game. Joel. It could have been so boring, but they, they, they went somewhere with it that was really, like, like you know, harsh. And I, I don't know, I, I thought it was really cool. It's a great so, game, yeah. Uh, applause on that. Uh, and then my next is probably Yakuza Like a Dragon. Nice. Uh, I talked about that. Just is this number ago. two? Awesome game. That's number three. Okay. All right, my, my, and then number two would be. Um, I can't pick between my game of the year and not game of the year. I'm gonna say Streets of Rage Four is probably my number two. Mm. I really love that game. Hmm. I you know, I I think I was joking with Kevin, my my friend, that it was like 24 years or something between. I was waiting for like the longest I've ever waited for a, a sequel between a game <laughs> between Streets of Rage Three and the, not exactly the case. Obviously, I've waited 87 percent of my life for this game. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, I didn't say my number one. Don't say so. your number one. Okay. Who wants... Uh, you could go first with your number one if you want. I don't know. Or uh, I'll go. I'll go. Big surprise. Mine's Death Stranding. Came out this year. Death Stranding? Oh, yeah, yeah. Of yeah. course. I mean, really, I feel like Streets of Rage should be my number one because that actually came out this year. Mm-hmm. Death Stranding came out last year, but whatever. Yeah, it is. Death Stranding's awesome. Nice. <laughs> uh, oh, is it my turn? Is it my turn? Yeah, go for it, man. Um, sure. Yeah. For me, I'm kind of like with Kevin where I'm between two games. Uh, I said 
uh, Hades is my number two. And honestly, my my head says Hades because I feel like Hades is pretty much perfect in everything it sets out to do in terms of the storytelling, the gameplay, etc. But The Last of Us Part Two is my game of the year because uh, I've just said so much about it, but I just haven't had a game that I've connected to so emotionally before and I was just consistently surprised with the decisions that were being made with that narrative with the gameplay and it was also just uh, a really fun stealth action game that reminded me of Hotline Miami and Metal Gear Solid 5 and I love the characters I love Abby Abby's probably my favorite Naughty Dog character and yeah Yeah, great game I think The Last of Us Part 2 would probably be my game of the year and I love Hades but I didn't connect it quite as much as with The Last of Us Part 2. So, that's my game of the year. Cool. Yeah. No, that's that is a great game. Uh my game of the year in case you guys haven't guessed it, and I'm surprised it didn't make Kevin's list at all. Not even an honorable mention for Flight Sim. Like in the year <laughs> no. where I could go nowhere, where I, I was trapped in my sim. house, Flight Sim gave me the ability to travel the world <laughs> in in almost photorealistic like like it's the reason it's my game of the year. It's not necessarily because I had like the most fun with it, but because it like there's no game like Flight Sim. There's literally no other game like Flight Sim. Even the other Flight Sims are not like Flight Sim. Um, uh, Kevin and I have had so much fun, like just like going on flights and just shooting the shit for like an hour or two, drinking a beer. It's just a great hangout game. It's a great way to travel when you're stuck in your house in this shittiest of all years, and um, and it's gorgeous. I forgot about it. My bad. I love that game. Yeah, that, that actually like, is my well, game of the year. No <laughs> yeah, it's not my game of the year, but I, I would have just had all wrong mentions for sure. Definitely, I yeah. did enjoy that game a lot. It was really fun. It was fun. It's really like interesting. I feel like I at the, the moment I had I realized it was when you're flying over Beijing, and I felt like I was actually like getting to know a little bit of that city, like mm-hmm. in a way that I would experience if I had gone there. Obviously, not to that level, but just somewhat right. of like kind of how it's laid out, and that was like. That's a unique experience that I've only had in that game with no other game. Yeah. Uh, I just want to yeah. give a, a shout out to us because we all picked games that aren't traditionally appearing on a lot of game of the year lists. Like I haven't seen Neo 2 show up on many game of the year lists. Flight Sim, uh, Streets of Rage 4. I haven't really been seeing a lot um, said about that game. So Splunky 2 has had no game of the year discussion whatsoever. It's too I bad. forgot that in honorable mentions. I played a lot of that game. Uh, I, it definitely, I gave it up because it's hard as fuck. But it's it was really fun. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's, it just se- it just seems like the discourse is kind of swirling around five or six of the same games. So it's nice to call out. What is what's the consensus game that the I media feel like agreed I, on? Or like what's I feel like it's Ghost of Tsushima. I feel like that's the yeah, oddly cons- Ghost of Tsushima has uh, okay. won a lot of awards. Yeah, and, and the Last of Us. Too. I haven't played that Last one. Last of Us too. Um, I'm hoping for a PC port of Ghost of Tsushima. So. Yeah, dude, it runs at 60 frames per second on the PS5. It looks it looks pretty good. <laughs> like it looks like a pretty yeah. rad game. I don't know. Well, what um, about Demon Souls? Any, is anyone talk about that? Demon Souls? Not remake? really. I think it's because it came it, out 11 years ago. Yeah, it's kind of like finicky with that <laughs> one because it's kind of a remake, but it's kind of just a reskin. I don't know. Right. How much How much credit can you give yeah. a remake? It also like that's, that's, subtly that's changed the, the style. The aesthetic of the game is a little I don't like more friendly than, than the old school Demon Souls. So like, I think it it's looks cool. more Western too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Western fantasy, like doesn't have that Japanese 
I don't know. I think it's I probably great. That is. It has great graphics, and I'm sure if I if I get a PS5, I'll get it. It'll be great. But like I I, I also played Demon Souls ten years ago, so. <laughs> I do want to kind of give a shout yeah, out to too. Ghost of Tsushima because it, it didn't make my list. It ultimately kind of became too repetitive for me, even though I ended up finishing it. Um, I just kind of grinded it out till the end. I will say though, I want to give a shout out to that game because it was one of the few. Uh, controversy-free AAA releases to come out this year. So that's true. That's true. So, and mm-hmm. they did a a totally free multiplayer update. So it's pretty oh, really. Cool. That's multiplayer. Yeah. You know the guy who made Yakuza said that this game should have been made by Japanese people. Like they did way too good of a job for Western developers to make a <laughs> Japanese game. Who made it? He's like he was like they he's he's like they wound up with Sucker Punch Studio. It's guys who made Infamous. <laughs> oh wow, yeah. English their English studio. He was like pissed off that that a Western studio made such a good samurai game. He was like hmm. jealous. He was like they wound up. We got we got it. We got to do better. We got to make something. Else. <laughs> Give us a PC port. That would be rad. I that. That game does. I don't know. I want to play it. I could. Pl- I, it looks I like I would it. enjoy it. Yeah. I, I think you guys would love it. It's it's really just a me problem with me. I just kind of got worn out with the open world deness of it. But the first like fifteen hours of that game were pretty incredible for me. It was the yeah. last fifteen hours nice. that I didn't. That where I was like, <laughs> okay, I just want to finish it. <laughs> so yeah, no, I, I know that goes. That's, yeah. that's why I like never finish open world games except for. Uh, Odyssey. Odyssey is the like literally is like the only open world game I think I've ever finished. <laughs> so like, and I, I still love open Dude, world I games. I haven't beat Odyssey still. You should. It's it's got us very <laughs> it's solid. A long it's game. Got a, Dude, it's got a great ending actually. Odyssey was <laughs> love it. I, I, I will Odyssey's say I may have said this in a in another podcast, but I think Shadow of Mordor is like the perfect open world game because it's only about twelve hours long. Mm. We need more twelve hour long open world yeah. games. <laughs> it's a very focused game to the world's yeah. small right. you get to know it very quickly it's not like you're constantly going to a new place and you have to learn everything con- like in a new place yeah right deus ex mankind divided uh is is a shorter smaller much more densely packed open world game uh the outer could, the outer world like is only like 12 hours long oh that's yeah another good uh, example yeah. so that's another one we should put on our on our crotch club uh all right any, any? I don't think I like the name Crotch Club. We'd do away with that. Fire Crotch Club? No Crotch Club. <laughs> sounds it sounds no, bad. Chris is not going to be it's the Crotch Club. Pitch. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be the, uh, the 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 Crotch the Crouch Club. Because we crouch, we crouching. Mm. Yeah, because we squat. We're di- we were deep squatters. Uh, so wait, what's the module called in Half Life? The long jump. I want to call it long jump. Long jump. That's actually not bad. It's the not, long that's, jump. That's not bad. That's not bad. The long jump. Just long jump. Yeah, because yeah. because it Just implies that you're playing a game from a long time ago. The long jump. And it's like a yeah. deep dive. Yeah, yeah long. And, jump. and also, it's the module you have in Half Life, the long jump module. You hit, you have to use to jump far and zen. So it fits to the branding of the Half Life name. That's true. I, that's I love how it, I love how we're very publicly brainstorming our brand. It's awesome. Hey man, <laughs> I, I like that this podcast is so intentionally unstructured right? <laughs> uh, but shout out to all you structured podcasts uh, i appreciate what you do okay i think uh i think we're done anybody else have any last words this is the last podcast of the year any predictions for next year yeah that's what i was gonna say I, I predict uh i predict halo infinite's gonna actually be good yeah i me think too. it's gonna be if a good a whole game extra year on it yeah what do you guys okay. think are going to be like the game of the year contenders? Um, 
I think the God of War sequel will come out next year, and people are going to flip out over it. It's going to be a big deal. Is that coming out next year? It's going to be like March of twenty twenty two. Yeah, maybe you're right. You're gonna you're gonna play as Atreus, and he's going to be the young adult boy. Kratos going to be old. No, check this out. Check this out. Kratos dies in the first ten minutes, and then you play as uh, as Atreus for fifteen hours, and then the next fifteen hours you play as Thor, (laughs) trying to get revenge because Atreus killed Odin. So you play as Thor trying to... That's how they're going to do it. That, that that actually would track. <laughs> that would... I, I mean, I mean Neil happened, Druckmann I and Corey Barlog are like buddy buddies, so... <laughs> yeah. I think Neil Druckmann has like 10,000 times more talent than Oh, uh, Corey Barlog is like yeah. Robert Zemeckis. Corey Barlog is like a hack. While Dude, Neil Druckmann yeah. <laughs> is Steven Spielberg. That's how I see it. I think that's a good yeah, analogy. Zeke- Zemeckis wants analogy. to be Spielberg so bad, but he's right. just not quite there. Yeah. He's just not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's so unfair, but it's kind of true. <laughs> uh, my prediction is that hardware shortages might end by September of next year. You might be able to get a video card. You might be able to get a PS5. You might be able to get a Series X. September? That's like a whole other year. I th- I'm going to yeah. say March on that one. I, th- I think oh, March. You can get some power converters. I know. That's why, that's why I was hoping you'd get that Star Wars reference. <laughs> that's why I said, but it's a whole <laughs> But it's only one more season. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, maybe March. Hopefully March. Shit, man. I, uh, it's annoying, honestly. Got all this money to spend and nowhere to spend it. <laughs> Yeah, it's stupid. Throwing boss to try and buy stuff. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, what do you guys think is going to be like game of the year next year, um, or like the, the most talked about game? What is what is coming out next? Probably, year? probably Elden Ring. If I had to guess, is that coming out next like, year? Who knows? I don't know. Honestly, who knows? Yeah, I do appreciate how little they give us. Like we got one trailer so far, right? And there's been not even acknowledgement of it <laughs> since yeah. then. I, I think Death Loop. Uh, I think Death Loop is going to be either totally amazing or totally fine. I think following that studio's trajectory, it'll come out buggy and a little rushed because it's going to be too ambitious for its own britches, uh, and uh, I'll love it. And other people, it'll get bad reviews, just like Prey <laughs> and <then> Dishonored too. <laughs> I feel sad about Prey. Yeah, it still fucking sucks. Uh, People, I don't know, man. I have to look at w- what's coming out next year, but I have no idea. I have no predictions. I haven't chewed on this at all. It does kind of seem like there's going to be kind of a media blackout for the first half of the year because um, so much stuff has gotten delayed. I feel like the only game that has a that I'm interested in that has a clear release date that I think they're actually going to meet is Hitman 3, but I think everything else is like oh, up yeah. for debate. So The new Resident Evil Resident game. Evil Village. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I yeah, want. Yeah, Resident Evil Village. That's rumored for like April, I think. Um, March, right? I think it's April. Maybe April, yeah. I, You're probably right. But like those games don't miss their releases. And those games are never released in poor shape either. Right. right? But they haven't yeah. officially yeah, announced anything yet for a release date. So we'll have to see. Yeah, oh. not for any release date. Okay. I thought they had. I guess What's the next big, big media show? I don't even know. Uh, CES. Okay. Which is not really. I just learned about TVs, TVs and laptops. Yeah, <laughs> um, TVs and laptops. That'll be the announced 3080 Ti. No, I think there's actually like Tokyo Game Show. I, I don't know what these what these things are doing because of the state of lockdowns across the world. But uh, 
Um, I don't know. Okay, here's here's my prediction, and this is a prediction that I want to come true more like more than I think I actually will. New Nintendo Switch, better, nicer, uses DLSS. DLSS. Yeah. Give it to me with the oh, because the Zelda game comes out next year. Okay, that's the game of the year. Mm-hmm. That's even if it sucks, it's game of the year because people are fucking addicted to giving those things awards. People love <laughs> to give Nintendo yeah. games accolades. Like that's that's it. Like a Nintendo game goes out, people are like, "This is so brilliant!" Super Mario Princess, Sunshine. Right? Oh my god, great game. Uh, water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's like I'm taking a vacation no, with it Mario. It's weird how. <laughs> yeah. And, and he won't do what I tell him to, and there's nothing fun to do, and it's it's like the worst vacation ever. <laughs> yeah. Or like Twilight Princess, yeah. that was a whole thing, too, where everyone gave it Game of the Year, but after the discourse right. faded away, it's like, ah, oh, that's like the 11th best Zelda game. <laughs> right. It, it's a perfectly serviceable Zelda game, but like literally exactly like the five that came before it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll yep. see. Yeah. All right. Well, I think I'm going to close up shop, kids. This is this has been good. A good discussion today. Yeah, we went like an hour and a half. So, almost. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be back next year with a new round of uh, long jump episodes about uh, specific mm-hmm. games and regular podcasts talking about Hitman. I think Hitman's going to hit big. I'm ready for Hitman. I'm going to pre-order it, even though I say don't ever pre-order a game. There's no reason to pre-order oh, a game yeah. in, this, in this day and age. Hitman 3 is going to be... But, uh, but I'm going to pre-order it. I think Hitman 3 is a safe bet because it's so iterative of the first two. Yeah. I pre-order every game and have for the past 10 years, just so you know. What? But anyways, I pre-order every single game and I have for the past 10 yeah, years. Yeah, I, I know. But you, you also don't care that much if your games come out. In, like, like, whatever. Like, you, yeah. you, you just, you're just, like, it's happy true. to buy games. So, but... I'm just happy to buy games. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think it's, it's, it's a bad practice to pre-order games. I usually don't, but eh, whatever. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening. Madden, as always, we love you. Thanks for the theme. Uh, and we'll see you guys all next year. Bye.